listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Talk to John McKean, Matt, formerly known as Aiden English, and that took up the entire show, so we didn't get a chance to mention a couple of things last week, which I, I kind of want to mention here before we get into AEW's All Out. Some sad news, uh, a pretty bad fire ravaged the apartment of local indie stars GPA and Laney Luck a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we just wish them well in trying to get things back in together and in order, and uh, we're just glad that they were safe and unharmed. So, uh, for our thoughts and prayers to both of them, and then... Um, we mentioned Vic Capri a few weeks ago uh, tore his left triceps. He had surgery to repair that, and he said on his Facebook that he will be sidelined through at least the end of the year. So uh, he had some bookings he had to cancel, uh, including Chicago Land Championship Wrestling on October 3rd. We wish uh, Vic the best in his return to the ring. I know we missed a lot of stuff last time. We had a very long interview. It was a good interview. If you if you yes. missed it, I mean, it, you might not know him by his new name drama King Matt, but you may know him by Aiden English uh, of WWE. That was his former thing and spent the entire half hour with us. Some very interesting things came out of the interview. Remember, it's on demand anywhere podcast can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Uh, we never got to talk about the the Roman Reigns heel turn. I'm sure you're going to touch on that at some point, but you want to get into all, you want to yes. get into AEW right now? Yeah, AEW first, since that was the, the most recent big news of wrestling this past weekend. Uh, the event was kind of overshadowed by a little bit of a controversial situation involving Matt Hardy. Uh, he appeared to suffer a concussion during the Broken Rules match against Sammy Guevara, and the match was originally stopped by referee Aubrey Edwards. Matt did not look good at all. He took a bump. His head hit concrete in the uh, concourse of... Uh, Daly's place after Sammy hit a little bit of a, a spear on him. They went through a table, but Matt kind of overshot a little bit. His head snapped off the ground. Refs and, and um, doctors came around. Matt looked at him, and um, Aubrey gave the X sign. Okay, it looked like the match was going to be over. They rang the bell like, that's it. It's done. Um, about a minute or two later, after the doctor got finished looking at him, we see Matt actually rise to his feet, stumble, did not look like he had his full faculties, but somehow Tony Khan said after the show that Matt was cleared by the doctor. They went through a quick concussion protocol. He was cleared and he continued the match, which was really, really scary in my mind because I, I don't think Matt had his full faculties. And they went back outside into the arena. Matt and Sammy Guevara both climbed up this little support beam. Matt pushes Sammy off the support beam through a gimmick um, table or stage or whatever and then the 10 count by the referee that match is over matt wins that match but the controversy comes uh, during the uh, during the broadcast um the announcers were sending mixed signals i don't know what where they were getting their information from whether it was from tony god whether it was from somebody else on a headset saying that matt made the decision to come back which really shouldn't be the case it shouldn't be the athlete or the talent's call to continue 
Like in an NFL game, a quarterback gets dinged. He's not going to be the one that says, yeah, I'm okay. There's an independent doctor or a doctor that says, okay, you've been hit. You can't come back. So it was really, really controversial. Social media was blowing up. In fact, Matt's wife, Rebby Hardy, was furious with AEW and Matt, her, Matt himself. And there were she posted a personal text exchange on Twitter between her and Matt. And basically, uh, it starts off, well, Matt, Matt says, this is before the match. Matt, 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 here's Matt. Love you. I got to hit the football field in just a minute to start our match. Hope you enjoy. And then this is Rebby's little string over the next few minutes. I love you. Don't be dumb. And then here's where he gets hurt. And this is what she says again. What the F? You practically cleared that table. And again, what the F? And then in all caps, Matt, what the G-D-F-ing F? So That's a lot of letters. She was not happy, happy no, she was un- She was unhappy about what happened. And, you know, she has every right to be unhappy about it. You make a very good point there. In, in the NFL, you don't let Tom Brady decide if he's going back in. There's a doctor that decides if he's going to go back in. The, the coaches mm-hmm. should never make the decision. In fact, they've done everything they can to take it out of the coach's hand where a medical professional Mm -hmm. says, no, 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 he can't go. Coach might be frustrated because the coach is in that competitive moment, but that's why you separate it. We make fun of Vince McMahon, and we give him a hard time for putting people in harm's way. Tony Khan needs to take the exact same kind of Mm -hmm. abuse from everybody right now because the system is not set in place right now to protect the athletes. I mean, I know there are all these great stories. Undertaker's like, oh, you know, I... I, I, I finished that match with a concussion. I don't even remember it. And you're in awe. Like, how was he even able to pull that off? But it, it shouldn't even have happened. You have Stone Cold yeah. and Steve Austin with a broken neck. And then I found a way to win the match. Hey, it shouldn't have happened. The problem is there needs to be somebody who overlooks wrestling matches, just like in the NFL, who makes the call and is over everybody. That kind kind of, yes, fully independent of the company, somebody who sits there, it's okay, because if you declared that you had that, then it would be something where everybody in the arena knows when that guy comes walking out, it's over. It's over because of an injury, but it's over. I'm sorry it screws up your storyline, but it's over at that point if the Mm -hmm. guy steps in. And Matt Hardy shouldn't be making the decision, and and neither should Tony Khan because he's not a doctor. And, and mm-hmm. that, that's the most disappointing thing is the fact that he sends out a tweet saying it was a concussion, wasn't a concussion. And it clearly was. It looked terrible when you saw it. I remember when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, his head. Like, it was obvious yeah, he, to me that something had gone terribly awry there. The, it, it, the setup was terrible. I don't know how he hits that. Uh, I think it was, was it a table or some boxes. I got to remember it right now off the top of my head. But he's, it, was a, it was a table on right. the concourse. But, with, but it was uh, way too it. close. It was way too yeah. close to where they were jumping from. It was not set up properly. And Physics. It, it doesn't make any sense. If you're taking somebody yeah. who's such as a certain height and they're going for extension and throwing you out a certain amount of feet and that thing is within those feet, you're going to go over the table. I mean, anybody in their sixth grade physics class could draw something with height and width and trajectory and show on a test that they'd be graded on in grammar school or junior high, that that wasn't going to work. Who's in charge of that move? The AEW yeah, needs to be held accountable. I know they're the upstart company, but guess what? It doesn't matter. You can't do what they did to Matt Hardy. So basically, on the post-show call, Tony Khan comes out, says Matt was okay, and he says the doc had cleared him. So, I mean, 
I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Then fire to die. I mean, I hate to call somebody a liar, but at the same time, it's a little mind-numbing to me that how this happened. And then um, the ironic thing is on his pre-call with the media, which I was a part of, I was listening to it last Thursday, and he actually mentions Chris Nowinski and how he's friends with Chris and how he's had him come down and talk to talent about concussions and protocol and stuff like that. So the fact that this happens like barely 48 hours after that phone call is like, oh my God. And also you have to remember Tony Khan, Shad Khan, they are the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars of the NFL, which where a lot of this concussion stuff really, really started 15, 20 years ago when the research began. So like, this is something that uh, they need to take seriously. Um, I think Vince McMahon is taking it more seriously. I'm not saying he's perfect either. Obviously, he gets a lot of heat, and trust me, stay tuned to this show because there'll probably be a little bit more heat before we go off the air. <laughs> but yeah, kind of crazy how that happened. And um, uh, with, with all these post-game things, Mike, you, you have this injury to Matt Hardy, and you have Tony Khan, an NFL owner. Somebody, if in the next time Tony Khan's in front of a microphone, has to sit there and ask him why is the standard different for his wrestlers than it would be for his football players. Somebody has to flat out ask that question. You, 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 otherwise, you're just back there and you're part of the bit. You might as well ask the question if you really want to be a wrestling journalist. You got to ask that question. Why is the standard of care different for your wrestlers than it is for your football players? Because somebody would have been there and an independent person would have been able to step in and there would have been no influence. And look, if that if that's how it is right now and the doctor messed it up that badly, the doctor should be held accountable. I don't care if he's your friend or not. If he can't identify that, if he let if he let his emotions get into it because he wanted to let the match go or he felt pressure to do it, whatever it was, he needs to you need to find a new doctor. You need to find a new guy that makes that decision because that was a terrible decision. And everybody sitting at home could see it was a terrible decision. In the moment you knew it was a bad decision. In the moment you did. If there were football commentators yeah. watching it on slow motion, they'd be like, why are they sending Tom Brady? And he's clearly concussed. And it would have been talked about like crazy while it was happening. So something's yeah. wrong there. It's a it's a sickness and it needs to be it needs to be taken care of inside of AEW. But yeah, that it took a little bit away from the show, but the show itself was a pretty good show. I mean, it wasn't as as good as uh, I think Tony Khan was promising it was going to be on his call last week. But, yeah, I mean, especially the last couple of matches were pretty good. John Moxley retained the AEW championship over MJF when Moxley used the Paradigm Shift DDT with the ref's back turn. The move was actually banned for this match, but since the ref didn't see it, the decision stood. So Moxley kind of outsmarted MJF there and being able to beat him in that way. And then uh, the semi-main event was Orange Cassidy defeating Chris Jericho. Now, he's beaten him two out of three times. And this was a Mimosa Mayhem match. And it ended where Cassidy ended up pushing Jericho into a tub of OJ and champagne, which was constructed at ringside, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But um, if people, I know people are probably going to criticize, oh, who's this Orange Cassidy, hands in his pocket, doing stupid moves, blah, blah, blah. But for whatever reason, he's super over with the AEW fan base. And I'll tell you something about Chris Jericho. He's one of the greatest performers of all time in terms of giving back and getting younger talent over. He's just so unselfish. He's, he's amazing in that way. Um, when a lot of guys that, that come with his pedigree and his accomplishments, they could probably just sit back and say, oh, no, I want to do that. Like, you know, when people talk about Hulk Hogan back in his later WCW days not wanting to put anybody over. 
this is Chris Jericho. He's a good guy. He's unselfish. And that's how he is. Um, FTR won the AEW Tag Team Championship, and they defeated the uh, team of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. So Omega accidentally hits the V-trigger knee strike on Hangman. A moment or two later, FTR hits their spike pile driver to finish off Hangman, gets the pin. After the match, Omega abandons Hangman, leaves him in the ring, and this appears to break up their team for good. So we'll see what happens with Kenny in the next couple of weeks. And I think Hangman, especially if and when crowds come back, is going to be so ridiculously over because he had tremendous momentum even before COVID-19 hit. He was probably one of the most popular acts in the company, but I think the the COVID not having people, as many people at shows kind of hurt a little bit. But I think in the coming weeks, you see both of those guys develop more and more and become bigger players as singles in AEW. Also, a really, really cool match that they had Hikaru Shida, who was the AEW Women's Champion, defeated the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa, in a very, very good match. And now Thunder Rosa's NWA title is not on the line. It's just the AEW Women's Championship. But I thought it was great for Tony Khan and the AEW brass to bring in someone like Thunder Rosa. That women's division badly needs an upgrade. And I think Thunder Rosa can give that to them if they use her more, if they if they maybe even sign her at some point. I... I and they think that Hashida is the best that they've got right now. And, and obviously Thunder Rosa, uh, really, really good on the indie scene and in the NWA. I mean, very, very good match. Lance Archer won the Casino Battle Wild. Very excited about that. He was my pick going in. He becomes a number one contender. It should be a pretty cool buildup between him and Moxley now over the next couple of months for the AEW Championship. And Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne, debuted in the Battle Royal. He came out, looked like he was going to hit a shooting star press on one of the uh, one of his opponents. Totally misses. That was another little dark cloud on the night. He came up so woefully short, and, and people were worried about him, too. He looked, he was okay, though. He continued the match. Uh, he didn't hit his – I don't think he hit his head or anything, but it looked kind of ugly. It was just a little bit of a botch. It happens in professional wrestling. It's not belly. And then one more match I want to mention real quick. Big Swole defeated Britt Baker in what they call a tooth-and-nail match. And that was at Britt Baker's dental office. So it was like one of those cinematic type things like you saw at WrestleMania with Bray Wyatt and John Cena or the, the um, Boneyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles. So overall, pretty good show. Not a grand slam show. And obviously the Matt Hardy stuff was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, that that is really disappointing. I, give me your impression on the, on the Britt Baker cinematic thing. Are, are they pulling it off as well? as WWE does their cinematic stuff, do you think? Because it, that isn't an easy thing to pull off. And I just, I'm just i wondering what you think if you compare that that cinematic thing to what WWE's been doing with theirs. I thought the WWE stuff was better, but I didn't think it was bad. I mean, yeah, it was a little clunky at times with Big Swole and Britt Baker, but uh, I thought they pulled off a pretty decent little uh, little presentation with that match. Yeah, with me, um, I always think like with cinematic things, you shouldn't have those little those little awkward moments because you can re-record it, right? So I yeah. mean, that, that, that's yeah. why sometimes when I see that, I go, like, okay, well, you know, I mean, WWE like it's like a massive production when they do their stuff, and I just wonder if AEW can keep up in being able to do those because they've realized that that's something that has to be done right now in the age of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and WWE is obviously a production company that's been along a lot longer than AEW. I mean, obviously, AEW hires some decent people to do production. 
I mean, uh, Tony Khan did spend some money to bring some people in. But yeah, WWE has just been doing it so much longer, which I think is why their cinematic matches ended up better than than this uh, Big Swole, Britt Baker uh, deal. But Speaking of the two companies, Mike, uh, I, I, you know, I was kind of loosely paying attention to it. It's been a long weekend. But it seemed to me like with Roman Reigns now having Paul Heyman in his corner and not seeing Brock Lesnar really on the website, is he going to AEW? What 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 do you what do you take from all the stuff that's going on right now between with with Lesnar, with Heyman and Reigns, with AEW and WWE? What what do you think's really going on? I think Brock's just taking a break. I mean, I don't think he wants to travel during this whole pandemic COVID thing. Um, he's he's got a nice ranch up in Canada where he lives with his wife Rena, uh, aka Sable, as people know from years ago. Um, he's not a guy that really likes to travel a whole lot. He just doesn't like people in, in general. So yeah, he's probably secluded up there, nice and quiet and healthy. But I can see why Vince McMahon put Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns in this situation now that Brock is a cool free agent. I mean, a lot of times I think Paul Heyman and Brock are linked and Paul, I think he's even done some business things with Brock outside of wrestling. Like I think some of his um, MMA stuff that Paul was kind of like somewhat of a real life manager for him too. So I'm thinking WWE ties up Heyman with Roman and Brock is less likely to go to AEW. That's just my thought and my opinion. It's not because not, not Brock can't talk or cut a promo. It's because I think he and Heyman are close enough that, that he would not break up that particular dynamic. So it's kind of keep the two of them separated from each other, keep Heyman working and hope that Brock eventually just goes, yeah, I'm just going to go back where I'm comfortable once everything blows over and the world gets uh, more and more normal. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That That's my take on it. Very interesting. So what else, what else is going on with the WWE right now? I mean, I, did you like the Reigns heel turn? Because I'm, I'm kind of pumped about it. It makes, makes me far more interested in him as a character and as a wrestler. Yeah. I think it shows some new dimensions to his character. Uh, and I, th- I love the promo with that Heyman cut on SmackDown this past week. It was really, really good. Uh, really deep, kind of dark, and it g- gave Roman a little bit more of a darker personality. And the, the way he won the title, the payback, a little over a week ago by defeating the Fiend and Braun Strowman, he didn't come out right away. He didn't sign the contract right away. But he came out like when, when the time was right, and as a heel would do, an opportunist heel, he beat those two guys up after they already beat themselves up, and then he got the pin and won the title. So I, I love this new Roman Reigns. I think him with him and is great. And uh, it even looks like the Fiend might be coming a face out of all this, which is like I never would have thought, you know, okay, here's the Fiend, but he's a baby face. He's supposed to be this creepy guy, but that's a baby face. So Well, that's what Mankind was, right? Mankind well, yeah. was a creepy guy. The whole idea behind Mankind was that he was creepy and he became like the face. I mean, he became a massive face. Yes. He went from being like a creepy weirdo to Mr. Sacco. And it oh. didn't take that long to get to it. So if he can do it, anybody can do it. And and Fiend is so over. And sometimes I think by mistake, WWE falls into these things. Think about how many times that fans perceived that the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, got screwed over. And how Roman Reigns was involved in that in one way or another. Or the company just didn't want to give 
The Fiend a chance and John Cena beat him up and everything else like that. Every time somebody thought he was going to take the next step in his career. And now you can sit there and you can see this slow build. And I don't think this was ever intended to be a slow build, but it's become an organic build now that they can't ignore anymore. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because we just had uh, Drama King Matt on last week. And again, go back and check that out. He talks about his time as Aiden English and the whole thing with Rusev and the idea that he thought there was a lot more to do with that character, but they kind of cut it short. And the, so this is a rare thing that there's a very long build to an, a character like Bray Wyatt and, and slash The Fiend, where now there might actually be a payoff here. And what's also interesting to me is a couple years ago, we were seeing the way that Heyman would interact with Reigns when Reigns was going to take on Lesnar, and you got the impression that down the road they may end up together. So this has been a very interesting and natural occurrence. It wasn't forced to me as much as it was something where somebody took a look back and said, you know, we have something right here that we've been building for years that we can do, and it's working. And, th and that's that's always the best stuff in wrestling is when they they actually look at the big picture and say, if we really we've actually been building this, we didn't even realize we were building it. Now let's take it to the next level. And then Heyman's uh, uh, connection with the with Roman Reigns' family, he managed the Samoan SWAT team in WCW years ago. Uh, his uncle uh, Rikishi slash Fatu was part of that, and uh, he uh, had ties with uh, Roman's father too back in the day when he was a photographer uh, for many many years ago. So yeah, I mean there was a, a natural chemistry and, and a relationship there. So yeah, I think that made it easier too. Um, well, Bailey and Sasha Banks, the golden role models, are no longer a thing. They have broken up. Um, Sasha, uh, um, Shanna Baszler and Nia Jax defeated them at, at payback for the women's tag team titles. And then the rematch on SmackDown last week, Baszler and Jax went over again. After the match, Bailey just goes and turns on her partner, Sasha, just beats her up. It was a five-minute beatdown. I mean, this thing was crazy. And this is a Bailey you thought maybe a year and a half ago this would never happen. And she is just totally into the heel gimmick now. She even put a chair on Sasha's neck, stepped on the chair. Sasha had to be carried out. And Bailey just has this glow, this evil glow in her eyes. And wow, amazing. She's come a long, she's come a long way from hugging people. Yeah. You know? She's, it's a very different character. Yeah. But you know what? Good for her because you know what? The hugging thing was never going to last. It really wasn't. It worked in NXT and then she showed up in WWE and it really fell flat. So, I mean, like if this is, if this is what her career is, then good for her because she's doing a good job with it because that hugging thing was never going to last. It just never felt like when she got there, she didn't get the pop that she really had at NXT, at least in my mind. It never felt like when Sasha showed up, people were like, yes. When 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 Charlotte showed up, it was like, yeah, there we go. When, when Bailey showed up, it was like, yeah, the hugging thing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And are you going to do something else? And so I'm glad that she found this. There was a Vince McMahon edict came out last week saying talent can no longer do third-party services like Twitch and Cameo, uh, Cameo using their character names. And there was even a report that came out, which was a little ludicrous, that says Vince also owns the talent's real names in, in this respect, too. I'm like, that's kind of crazy. I mean, and now the talent has a month to stop or change those accounts to their real names. And I guess the reasoning that was coming out, like he was scared that the talent was doing damage to the WWE brand. So I just thought it was a little bit ridiculous for him to, I mean, let them have fun on their free time. And I don't think, honestly, most of these guys are, are doing damage. And sometimes they're actually enhancing their characters by doing stuff like this. 
So you I, know, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Okay, I get it. I get it. Like if I like I worked for a 911 dispatch center for a massive police department, and there were restrictions as what I could do in my in my personal time because if it made the department look bad, it would look bad. Like I'm literally this week going through the process of retiring, and then I could finally mention their name because I can't. I can't say where I worked at or I'm in this or I like there are there are repercussions for what I do, because then everything that I've said, even though it doesn't represent them in any way, it, 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 it could still make them look bad. So they don't own my name. But if they would have named me like how WWE does that, if they had a signed contract that said they own my character name, I can get it. I mean, this isn't the only job where some kind of edict like that would come down. People are always like, you know, I. I, I should be able to say whatever I want to on Facebook or whatever I want to on Twitter. Or my my company shouldn't shouldn't fire me for it. But but in the end, it, there's a lot of social media policies now that people sign. There's a lot of things like that. And WWE superstars being held to it doesn't surprise me. I mm-hmm. mean, we might hate it and it might suck, but it isn't. They're not the only company doing it. That's more of the norm what Vince is doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that he didn't have like some sort of approval you had to go through up until this point where now, now all of a sudden he's realized that people are doing it. See, that's the thing. Like maybe he actually was like, ah, give him a chance, see what happens. And then somebody did something that pissed him off. And he's like, you can't do that. And they're like, you can't tell me what to do. And he's like, fine, write a policy just like we would for everything else. Mm-hmm. I got no time for this. I'm going to go up and polish my half of a Tyrannosaurus Rex head and move <laughs> on with my day. I mean, it could have been something that simple because that's what, that's what companies do. So I kind of, I get it. It sucks. But I get it. He doesn't own their personal names. And a lot of them have done such a good job of actually showing their, like on Twitter, the perfect example, Alexa Bliss, who I follow on Twitter because she's really hot. Okay. And Alexa Bliss uses Lex, uses her real name Mm -hmm. in her Twitter handle because she knows that at some point she may not be able to use the name Alexa Bliss. So she's already set herself up to be able to use that in all of her other stuff. She can use her regular name and she'll be perfectly fine with it. So it's not the smart ones will find a way to do what they want to do within the policy that WWE puts out. Yes. But I just thought, I mean, there was a big stink about it too on social media. And this was the big thing before the Tony Khan, Man Hardy thing. This was the big thing on Twitter uh, where people are like railing on Vince. So yeah, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of talking points this week on, on social media. But uh, real quick, before we get to Warrior Wrestling, I just want to say congratulations to former WWE superstar Eric Young on winning the Impact World Championship for the second time. He just recently went back over there. He defeated Eddie Edwards on Impact last week to become a two-time Impact World Champion. And now this weekend, Warrior Wrestling, the stadium series begins. It's the first of three consecutive Saturdays with shows on the Marion Catholic High School football field. And this week's main event, it appears that Tessa Blanchard will be making her return to the ring to defend the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship against Chicago's Kylie Ray in the main event. And, but here's the weird thing. Then when, this is why I'm saying it appears she will be returning. Warrior Wrestling themselves have not even mentioned her name, which kind of That's brings odd. maybe a flag. Has she signed with somebody? And maybe they can't, they can't necessarily advertise her on the uh, – on, on social media. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. And obviously, it's going to be a great match. They have Tessa's silhouette on the promotional material. I, they don't have a picture of her. They have a silhouette of her. And then Kylie Ray's inside the silhouette, which is kind of a cool little graphic that they do. But it's like, ooh, why can't they mention her name? They don't, they don't tag her. They haven't mentioned her name. So I'm like, this is interesting. Maybe Tessa's future... We'll uh, we'll start to learn a little bit of that over the next couple of weeks. 
Very and interesting. Then, it could also be that they're just not sure if she's going to make it. Okay. I mean, possibly. <laughs> she hasn't possibly. been the most reliable. She hasn't been the most reliable person in the world when it comes to showing up for stuff. So I mean, well, it could just simply be we're just going to yeah. put a silhouette up because we're just not sure. You yeah. know. Well, <laughs> here's the deal, though. Her husband Dog is on the card, and he's been advertised, and he's facing Isaiah Velasquez, who uh, is Kylie Ray's uh, boyfriend. It's just interesting, interesting that uh, you know how how that's going. There might be there might be a whole uh, there might be a whole COVID thing. They agreed with them like you guys safe, we're safe. Let's wrestle each other. You don't know. Mm-hmm. She might be super nervous about this entire thing. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see how that comes down in a few more days. And uh, just to run down the card real quick: Brian Cage against Alex Zane. Joey Janela faces Warhorse, and this is for the number one contender for the Warrior Wrestling Championship and against Brian Pillman Jr. And that'll be at one of the future shows uh, coming up at Warrior Wrestling before the end of the month. So interesting to see who goes over in that match. And if the returning Alex Shelley against former WWE Cruiserweight Champion and Impact X Division Champion TJP, the Rascals in a six-man tag face Byron Reed, Chris Bay, and Jordan Oliver. Filthy Tom Lawler will face Kevin Koo. Kimberly and Thunder Rosa will be both make, be making their Warrior Wrestling debuts, and they'll be facing each other in a women's match. And then you have the intergender match of Dan the Dad against Elena Black. Nice. Very good. Should be I'm a fun excited. show. And they're doing three of them in a row. So there'll be one on the 12th, one on the 19th, and one on the 26th, all live from Dave Matteo Field at, War, um, at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. Excellent, Mike. I, I enjoy everything you laid down. You do a very good job of getting all that information in to just 30 minutes every week here on Windy City Slam. We had a, we had a good discussion. Remember, if you ever want to get in on the discussion, you want to ask a question, you want to talk to me, you want to talk to Mike, there's two different ways you can do it. One, you can join us live. We're generally around on Mondays, but sometimes we have to do it on Tuesday because of scheduling issues. Pay attention to the tweets and the Facebook posts and everything else that Mike puts out through all the Windy City Slam media and also at WindyCitySlam.com. You can join us live on the Podbean app. It's free. You jump in. You can talk to us while we're doing the show or at your convenience, 24-7-365-708-459-8406. That's the phone number you call, 708-459-8406. Call, leave a message, it'll end up on the show. If you want to ask a question, we'll answer it, and we'll talk to you about it. If you're like, hey, you guys are crazy, we'll play it. We'll be like, no, we're not, shut your face. But don't worry, it'll end up on the show. So that is available to all of you, and Mike, have a great week this week. Um, really good stuff. I look forward to the next week. Okay, bud. Awesome. Thank you. You too, Chris. All right. This is Windy City Slam. Remember, subscribe, share, follow, and we will see you next week. If you missed any part of this show, it'll be on demand shortly. Everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com.